Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Sparky's Midday Madness, live from the Lakeland University Studios. Offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. That's lakeland.edu slash get started. Uh, Tim Muma coming up. Talk some Brewers baseball with him in about 15 minutes. Looking forward to talking to Tim. Rami Makaloff will be here as well. Uh, talk about what's coming up on his show uh, at 3 o'clock today, which I believe features one Bart Winkler because it is Tuesdays with Bart usually. So Bart, I'm sure, will be on Rami's show a little bit later uh, today. But before we get to Tim Muma, some... Uh, and there's going to be an announcement uh, coming up involving the Green Bay Packers uh, tomorrow. So we're going to have a conversation about what the announcement is going to be about now. Uh, there's an expected announcement tomorrow that they're going to announce the London games uh, for the National Football League uh, coming up. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be one of those teams. Um, but we don't know who uh, the other team is going to be uh, at the end of the day. Now, when we look at how this whole thing is going to line up uh, in the teams that they play, obviously divisional uh, opponents, the Bears, Lions, Vikings, they're not going to do that. Um, and then you've got uh, home games uh, against Cowboys, Patriots, Rams, Giants, Jets, uh, and Tennessee. Uh, A.R. Adam Roberts, you've been over there kind of watching all of this develop today. What do you got? Uh, yeah, those are the teams to choose from. Now, like you said, Divisional games, that's out the window. The day they ever have a divisional matchup between teams well, in I'll London. You, I'll tell you right now, I'd be totally fine setting the lions Packers yeah? game there. Oh, yeah, fine. Yeah, sure. No problem. Got done. Green Bay-Detroit um, in uh, London, fine. No problem. Because it's going to be the least entertaining game of all of them probably, right? So, well, maybe the Giants game will be not as entertaining either. But... I mean, from from my perspective, fine. Yeah, Packers Lions in London. Let's do it. No big deal. I, I'm totally fine with that. And it gives the it gives the Lions a bone uh, as well. I mean, they already get Thanksgiving every year. That's kind of their Super Bowl. Uh, and now you get London. So now that gives that fan base an opportunity to go see, uh, you know, another part of the world and, and a special deal uh, over in London against the Packers. Again, you're not going to beat the Packers whether they play 
uh, in Green Bay, California, Florida, Japan, China, wherever you're playing, it's not going to matter. Not going to win. Um, so either way, fr- from that perspective, I'm fine with Packers Lions being over there. Packers Bears, I feel like that's sacrilegious, and I feel like Packers Vikings is kind of sacrilegious to move those games out of those home stadiums, home or away. Uh, so those I don't think you touch. Lions, fine. Uh, Cowboys. Um, from a Packer fan standpoint, I think that would be horrible because you're talking about Mike McCarthy coming back and coaching at Lambeau. Uh, now, Mike McCarthy, I'm sure, would be elated probably to not have to coach at Lambeau to get out of there and you know go play in London or whatever the case may be against the Packers. Uh, but I, I don't think they move the Cowboys game either. Uh, the Rams game, no. Uh, I don't see them moving the Rams game either uh, because the Rams are one of the teams that the NFC is going to be up for. Uh, concerning the Packers, the Rams, the Buccaneers, because you have Brady back. Obviously, some will probably throw Dallas into that conversation. So I can't imagine it's going to be the Rams. Uh, the Patriots and Belichick, it's Belichick, I guess. I could see it. But I that's, see the one it. I'm to- that's the one I'm leaning towards. Because the other options are two awful New York teams, which granted... Now your perspective is you can you like send over that bad game to London. We don't want to see that here anyway. From a fan standpoint, yeah, I want to see the good games at Lambeau. Now I'll flip it to the league's perspective. This is the first time they've had Green Bay in London since they started this international yes, series. Correct. And we all know that that international series it's like 8:30, 9 a.m. here right. and it's always like no offense to Jacksonville, Leroy Duval, whatever. It's Jacksonville and like Washington or whatever, and it's kind of a snooze fest. Don't you think they would want to cash in nope. on a team like Green Bay and put at least an interesting Listen, game? Listen, I'm explaining this real, real nice and succinctly if I can. The Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those three franchises are going to draw huge TV numbers no matter when they play. They're going to fill stadiums no matter where they play because they're the three best fan bases, in my opinion, uh, in the country when it comes to the National Football League. So regardless if they put Green Bay against anybody, people are going to tune in to watch. Furthermore, if you can just go on social media and type in Packers London, essentially, from when that thing was announced, and see all the people that live over there that were all juiced about going to see their favorite Green Bay Packers to go play over there where they are, there's more than enough Packer fans, I'm sure, that are going to show up. It's going to feel like a Packer home game, especially if it's, say, Detroit at this point. Uh, the Giants, the Jets, obviously, you know, New York has a big following. Both those teams, more than likely, probably have transplants that live over in London now after growing up in the New York area. So you probably will be able to find um, some of those fans, plus disposable income coming from New York. You know, they're willing to pay to go wherever they want to go to watch their favorite team play. So, again, more of that. Same with New England. Again, I just keep going back to Detroit. I, I don't for, for me, Tennessee, I'd be fine with the Titans too, I guess. I mean, if it ends up being Tennessee um, and the Titans, I'm okay with that. Are we going to pay to go watch Ryan Tannehill? I'm not. Uh, Derrick Henry, okay. Yeah, I guess I'd want to go see Derrick Henry, I guess, from that perspective. And then it also depends on where in the season is it. Will Derrick Henry even be available by that point, or will he be battered and bruised and on the sidelines watching? Because that dude has taken on a toll as far as hits go throughout his career. Um so, yeah, I guess I'm back to the Lions again. I mean, I know it's not going to be the Lions, but if I had to pick one, mine would be the Lions. Yours is still the Patriots. Yeah, now watch it be like the Jets. That's fine. I mean, if that's what it ends up being, because, see, even the Jets thing, like, if I'm LaFleur, and I'm, he gets no Sam, sure, but if I'm LaFleur, I want to face my brother in my home turf. 
in Green Bay. I want my brother to come here. Because remember, he wanted his brother to come coach with him there. And I'm guessing his brother has already been to Green Bay, to Matt's house for whatever, at some point or another would be my guess. I'm guessing he has visited at some point. Maybe not. Um, So that I would like in Green Bay. The Giants, there's pop, right? I mean, you can sell Saquon Barkley uh, with the Giants if if you put him in New York. Uh, Daniel Jones, not going to sell much there. Uh, you could put uh, sell Thibodeau, I guess. You're right. The the uh, pass rusher that they ended up with that was supposed to go higher in the draft, maybe. Adam's kind of giving me a scrunchy face, yeah, like yeah, I don't think. So that's a stretch. But you can promote Saquon Barkley. Sure. Who are you promoting on the Jets? Zach Wilson, baby. Like I said, right. So if you do one of the New York teams, it's simply with the thought process of we believe they're going to spend their money and leave the U.S. to come watch them. That I think that's part of it. Green Bay, again, they're the. You don't have to agree, I guess. But to me, they're the number one fan base in this country. And then you can talk about the Cowboys and the Steelers after that. That's fine. But I think the Packers have the number one fan base, not only in the country, but around the world for those countries that follow the National Football League. Not everybody around the world follows the National Football League, believe it or not. But those that do, I think the Packers are one of those teams. And I think it's the story of being owned by the city and uh, Lombardi, the trophy being named after Vince Lombardi and Brett Favre and now Rodgers and all of that stuff and the winning uh, that goes along with it and them being in the postseason year in and year out. I, I know they don't necessarily get back to the Super Bowl, but I think that's also uh, obviously a selling point. And, and, you know, for giggles, if you look at their road schedule, now again, they're giving up a home game for this, so it's not going to be any of these teams. But if you look at the other teams uh, on their schedule, in Tampa Bay, there's no way that game would – if they, Tampa Bay would have been coming to Green Bay, they weren't giving that one up. Um, if the Dolphins were coming to Green Bay, I guess that could have went away. Uh, Washington and Philly, I don't think anybody would have cared about either one of those games going away had that happened. Buffalo Packer fans would have had an issue with it had they been playing at Lambeau because everybody wants to see Josh Allen. But I think those other three teams, had they been home games and not road games for the Packers, uh, I, I don't I don't think – I mean, Toby Altizer, a morning show producer, would have been mad about Washington, but – I mean, outside of that, I don't think anybody would have cared about those other three. That Buffalo road game, that would be one I would take a trip to see, especially if they're playing it in December. I don't want it in December. You no. don't want it in December? Absolutely not. I, I want that game in like October, early October, late September. No, nope. Why? Because I don't like this Packers team in snow. I, I, not at all. Proved it again last year. Cold and snow. Oh, we want it, we want it. And then how often do they actually play well in it with Rodgers? Well, with the receiver core they have, they're going to be running that ball probably a lot in December. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I'd rather, me personally, I'd rather deal with Buffalo um, early on. Give me Miami and Tampa. Uh, I'm fine with that later in the year. Give, give me those games in December there. Give me Minnesota and Detroit with a dome in December and early January. Uh, avoid... If it's me, avoid Buffalo for certain um, at that point. Philly could be treacherous. Washington could be treacherous uh, in December. So they could avoid Buffalo, Philly, and Washington in December. I'd be pretty happy. Now, the schedule, that does that come out next week, the NFL schedule? It comes out, yeah, I think pretty quickly. Look, here. Google that quick. They announced it last week. It's, I thought they said May 12th or May 9th or something like that. I'm pretty sure it's not May 9th. It can't be. That's May 12th. A, May 12th. Yeah, I was right. May 12th. Right. So next week we'll find out the the schedule completely. But they're all, they're letting the London games out of the bag tomorrow, right? Right. Tomorrow and then select marquee matchups will be announced May of uh, the week, leading up to May 12th. So Packers Buccaneers will get announced at some point, right? That'll be one of them. I would assume that'll get announced, and that's it. Maybe. I mean, you may get Packer Rams or Packers Buffalo. 
Maybe those one of those games or Packers Cowboys because of McCarthy. Maybe they'll deem that a marquee game with McCarthy returning uh, to Lambeau. McCarthy Cowboys Lambeau. That's got to be Sunday night football, right? I mean, that's that's got to be a Sunday night game. Brady and uh, Rodgers. That has to be Sunday night or Monday night, I would think. Um, one of those have got to be pri- th- th- that's got to be a prime time game. I could see Packers Lions or not Lions. You need to stop. <laughs> that's a nine a.m. miss that game. Yeah, uh, Packers Cowboys. I meant to say I could see that Monday night. Yeah, that's Sunday night or Monday night. Packers Buccaneers Sunday night or Monday night. And then the other one that I think is probably prime time is Packers Buffalo Josh Allen versus Rodgers. Those three would be my guess at prime time games. Uh, and then after that, you know, obviously they could have more than what we just said. And then Thursday night, you're going to get a Thursday night game too, right? So maybe Packers-Vikings are Thursday night, home or away. Maybe that's one of the Thursday night games. Uh, um, Packers-Jets maybe, LaFleur and LaFleur and that whole thing and the coaching staffs and all of that, maybe that's another one. I don't know. We'll see. Rams obviously have to be uh, talked about. I think we brought them up already. I don't know. I'm looking forward. I love schedule reveal. Not because we pick the games because as we've had this conversation on the big show for years – uh, win-loss at this point is kind of fruitless. I mean, it's fun to do, and I'll do it. Um, but because of injuries and the way the whole thing is going to play out, you actually have no clue whatsoever. Because every year you got that one or two teams that everybody thought was going to be awful that ends up being fairly decent and surprises. And then you have those one or two teams that everybody thought was going to be better, and they fall on their face and aren't as good as everybody thought. So every year it happens. Now, with the Packers be that team that everybody's thinking is going to be really good, it's going to fall on their face? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. A lot of it's going to be based, obviously, on the wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers, I think, at the end of the day. All right, coming up next, Tim Moomo. Talk some Brewers baseball next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Get your playoff tickets now. Now, now, now. Friday and Saturday, get those tickets. Go support the Admirals. They need your loud voices now. Go. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals, like I said. I sure you get those Admirals playoff tickets. Games coming up on Friday and Saturday uh, for the playoffs. And uh, you're, I'm telling you, you're going to want to go see them. Go check them out. We'll have John Greenberg uh, coming up later in the week here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Talk more about what's going on with the Admirals as they get ready. And again, they need your support. Uh, we're down with Tim Muma coming up here from BrewerFanatic.com. Uh, also, uh, if you missed Tom Silverstein uh, earlier in the show uh, from the Milwaukee Journal Sound Green Bay Press, because I wrote a great piece today talking about whether or not Aaron Rodgers will buy into um, kind of allowing the defense to kind of lead the way for this team if that's how this season kind of plays out. Matt LaFleur said uh, in the quotes in the piece by Tom Silverstein that, hey, we got to run the ball 40 times, fine. You got to throw it 40 times, fine. This is about winning football games, and we'll do whatever it takes. Um, and Tom, you know, rightfully questions whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to be willing to buy into that whole notion. So had him on earlier in the Wendy's Big Show back in the first. I will let you hear that coming up in the next segment. Joining us now is the aforementioned Tim Uma on the great Midwest Bank Hotline. Tim, thanks for coming on the Madness, man. Appreciate it. Hey, Sparky, always a pleasure. Uh, okay, so first things first, uh, talk us uh, about BrewerFanatic.com. It looks like the website is coming along nicely. Yeah, we're definitely rolling. Uh, lots of great articles and pieces. Uh, still have the, the fan forum up there that lots of uh, BrewerFan.net originals, uh, of course, loved. Uh, getting some video up there. So uh, really, really things clicking along. The guys in charge are doing a fantastic job. And um just trying to do my part, adding pieces that make sense, and hopefully people enjoy. Last year, Willie Adamas uh, is acquired by the Brewers. 
goes off. Uh, this offseason, and, and Leroy Butler loves Willie Adamas, so I should put that out there. <laughs> um, and well, in the offseason, I was like, okay, well, is it real? Right. Let, let's just see if this is real before we overreact and think we've got a stud. Let's just see. Uh, it appears that Willie Adamas is real. It appears like last year was not a fluke. It appears that he's going to be that guy as one of a couple of guys maybe in the middle of this lineup. I definitely think he's one of those reliable guys. And if you look over the course of his career, even with his you know well-documented struggles in Tampa, I mean, he, he expressed how he just couldn't see the ball there, obviously. But uh, his over the course of his career, each year he's gotten better in a lot of categories. I mean, some stuff maybe people don't care about, but things like hard hit percentage, line drives, his launch angle, which of course is big for home runs. Every year he's gotten better and better. And uh, last year, like you said, it was kind of a breakout for him when he came over to the Brewers, uh, both personally for him it was huge, and then obviously for the Milwaukee offense. Uh, he got up to a slow start like many hitters have this year, but I just think his combination of talent, uh, again, the way he's progressed over the last three, four years, he seems to really enjoy it here, be comfortable, having fun. All that stuff does play a role, and uh, they do need him desperately because it's you know it's not going to be an offense that is going to mash the ball every night uh, like some of your top clubs, but you know it's going to be a different guy uh, here or there, and hopefully Adamus is sort of leading the way in the, in the top of the order. But you're starting to see the power pick up a little bit, right? I mean, Hunter Renfro hadn't been very good. He's starting to pick up the pace a little bit now. Uh, and then Christian Yelich, who we're all waiting on, has a nice game Friday night with a home run. Saturday gets a couple of hits, hits another home run. And then, like, the rest of the offense died on Sunday. Uh, but right. it, for me, the encouraging sign with Yelich is you're starting to see f- some some power out of Yelich, and he's starting to drive the ball again, which is a good sign. Now it's just a matter of can he do it consistently. Sure, and that's the key. It's not necessarily the home runs for Yelich. I, I you know I've said multiple times I don't think he's going to get to that thirty thirty five home run mark again. But if he's driving the ball like you said on more of a consistent basis, it's going to help the offense run. And one thing I think people. It's really tough, especially in a state that is, you know, dominated by football fandom. You can't watch game to game and, and go through the ups and downs. It just doesn't work that way with baseball. So, like you said, he has a couple of really good nights and then an offer like just about everybody else on Sunday. It's going to drive you nuts going back and forth thinking, oh, he's back. Oh, he's the usual guy. It, it, it just doesn't work that way. You have to give him and every player really chunks of 10, 15, 25 games and, and sort of look at it that way because – it's just the nature of baseball, and, and the the one I point out to even the, the players that I coach is earlier this year, Vlad Guerrero had three home runs in a game, and the next night he was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. It's just the way it goes. Day-to-day, it's going to be different. So I'd encourage Brewers fans, both casual and hardcore, to look at things on a grander scale of bigger chunks of time and, and uh, you know give players the benefit of the doubt that, look, every day it's going to be a little bit different, and they're going to go through those hot streaks, they're going to go through cold streaks, and um, I know it stinks, and I know it gets frustrating, especially if you're at the game. If you were there Sunday versus Friday or Saturday, you had a whole different experience. Um, but I just think you'll enjoy the season a lot more and, and I think appreciate what uh, Yelich and a lot of these other guys are doing as the year goes on. The problem with that whole idea in theory is it's very level-headed and very rational, Tim Uma, and I congratulate <laughs> you on that because you normally are the more rational of both of us. Uh, having said all of that, the season really rides and dies with that dude, man. I, I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. Like, if, if he's an all-star type caliber outfielder, you feel much better about talking about this team making a run in the postseason. If he doesn't get back to that level, then the chances of you making that type of run, I think, diminish significantly. I definitely think that was the plan after he had those two huge seasons and the Brewers gave him that extension and well-deserved. 
I don't think anybody saw such a drop-off happening, and for various reasons. Again, we don't necessarily know why that's been occurring the last couple of years, and they do rely on him. They do need him in the top to middle of that lineup. At the same time, Stearns really tries to build a club around a lot of just above average hitters and hoping that different guys contribute different nights. Uh, it's always great to have that reliable hitter in the middle of the lineup that can drive in runs for you on a consistent basis. And like we said, maybe Adamus becomes more of that guy as the season wears on. Um, but yeah, yeah, which will help drive things. I think, I think he does set a tone in some ways. Uh, that's why I still wouldn't mind seeing him bat lead off, especially with Wong struggling to start the year. Uh, he does bring other things to the table besides just his bat. And we've talked about he's a phenomenal base runner. He's not as good a defender as he used to be, but he's still you know, more than serviceable out there. And it's interesting because the way Adamas and some other guys have all that energy and, and bring that to the table, you know, there's something to be said for a guy like Yelich and, and others who are a little more even keel and, and relaxed throughout this process because, as I said, over the course of a long season, man, you have to have a mix of players to make that clubhouse roll. And I do think players respect him and they do look to him still. I just think he's not going to be the MVP in the middle of the lineup that uh, maybe we expected for, for years and years. And that's okay as long as he continues to be surrounded by guys who help fill other roles. It's not okay. You're paying this dude a lot of damn money to be a star player. You're not paying this dude a lot of money to be a role player in a lineup. Yeah, yes and no. But, I mean, you were underpaying him when he's winning an MVP and being an MVP candidate the next year. True. So you got to balance that out both ways. And I hate to say it, the money's already spent, right? It's guaranteed money. It's spent. We know that Major League Baseball clubs, pretty much every one of them, could spend more money if they want to. So if they don't want to spend extra money because they gave so much to you know, we can't really control that. And this team is still driven by pitching. Pitching, pitching, pitching. That's where it starts. They just need an average offense. And if they can get that on – a little bit more of a consistent basis, it shouldn't matter who, you, who does that heavy lifting. You do realize by the time they're done paying Christian Yelich, you and I are both going to be retired, right? You do understand how far along. Well, I'll never be, re- I'll never be yeah. retired. That's not happening. Uh, okay. But uh, I don't think you will either. I don't no. think you know how not to work. Correct. That is very uh, true. All right. All right. <laughs> Brewerfanatic.com. Go check out a great article that Tim put up uh, concerning five things that are showing the pitching dominance for the Brewers. And as always, I immediately get confused. Uh, Z swing percentage. What in the dang <laughs> hell is a z swing percentage tim uma all right really quick so with fan graphs which is a great site if you love getting into the numbers and look i don't even understand every single statistic there because i'm not a mathematician uh, but you have o swing percentage which is stands for outside the strike zone okay so the amount of t- percentage of pitches you swing at outside the strike zone and then z swing percentage that's inside the strike zone i don't know why they chose z but it's the opposite of o um, so essentially it's the percentage of times that hitters actually swing at pitches that are in the strike zone. So you assume that's going to be really high. And, of course, it's, it's a high number for everybody. Uh, but the fact is the Brewers pitchers somehow, some way, whether it's because they have phenomenal stuff or they're commanding pitches very well, hitters are taking a bunch of those pitches for strikes. And the reason that's valuable is, as you can imagine, balls that are over the plate tend to get hit harder, hit farther. So if you're stealing those strikes on a consistent basis, they're not swinging at those pitches in the zone. It's just another added dimension okay. to that Brewers pitching staff. So I have a couple of things on this, and I got your article. Yep. Brewers opponents are swinging at only 65.2% of pitches in the strike zone, lowest number in all of Major League Baseball. So is this um, game calling by the catchers uh, it, that's allowing these guys to stay off balance and, and not be able to kind of guess what's coming next? Uh, is it deception by the pitchers? What What do you think it is? 
Yeah, it's definitely a combination. It depends on the pitcher. I mean, you obviously got guys like Burns and even Lauer now who have so many different pitches that they can go to that that the pitch mix does matter and and calling the right uh, the right pitches at the right time can definitely keep hitters off balance. It's also for me a lot of it is the movement of pitches. I mean, you think about balls that start off the outside corner and cut back over the plate or a pitch that's at the very top of the zone and a hitter is not sure if he should swing or not takes it for a strike. Uh, so a lot of it, a lot of it is really uh, you know hitter dependent, pitcher dependent. But the fact that it is across the board with the Brewers, again, this just goes to show how well the organization has done in both training their pitchers through their pitching pitching lab, um, working with their catchers to decide you know what's going to work best for who's pitching and and who's hitting that night. And then when push comes to shove, it's really the skill level of of the hurlers. I mean they're they're hitting corners, they're hitting spots, they're. They're making pitches move left and right. It's it's really actually phenomenal. I know everyone loves offense and hitting and home runs, but I think people really need to appreciate how special this staff is, and, and they're proving it night in and night out. Now, you've got five things. I only want to do one more. You're going to have to go read the article if you want to see the other three things that Tim Uma wrote at BrewerFanatic.com. Batting average with runners in scoring position, we all know what that stat is. And right now, Milwaukee pitchers have allowed the lowest batting average at 173. I mean, it's going to be very, very hard to beat the Brewers if you can't hit more than 173 when you have guys in scoring position. Yeah, 100%. And the fact of the matter is, and of course we see it on the other side, and we've talked about that I'm sure for years with Brewers hitters not being able to drive those runners in, it it can be a little bit of luck and it can fluctuate. Uh, But I think, again, when you have pitchers like the Brewers who can get strikeouts, I mean, that becomes such a huge factor, especially you talk about Run around second, nobody out, and you can't move them to third. Run around third, less than two outs, you can't score them. All those things do come into play over the course of a long season. And uh, there's going to be times they give up those hits, obviously. But as you said, if you're hitting a buck seventy in those spots, uh, you're not going to hit a ton of home runs off the Brewers either. They're also one of the best at not allowing extra base hits in general. That all put all that together, and that is why this staff is just a shutdown, you know, lock it up type of, of staff. And again, why if they just have a little bit of offense, you know they can be dangerous. Now, that, what happens in the playoffs, of course, we always talk about can be a crapshoot, assuming they get there. But the more you can limit these runs and have different ways to prevent the other team from scoring, it, it I don't know, it just seems like almost impossible for a team to beat them in a series. And of course, that's what we're all hoping will happen this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. He is Tim Muma. Follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore Muma. That's at Tim underscore Muma, the website, BrewerFanatic.com. Go check it out. Tim is one of several writers on the website writing about Brewers baseball. I think you'll enjoy all of it. Tim, thanks so much for coming on, man. appreciate it. Thank you, Sparky. Always my pleasure. Always good. There he is, Tim Muma, on the Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for home renovation. Loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com. Tom Silverstein. Uh, beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel for quite a long time, wrote a great piece today talking about where this Packers team is headed uh, coming up uh, into the 2022 season. The fact that this defense may be leading this team uh, more so than the offense, and will Aaron Rodgers be willing to accept that fact? And uh, we talked to Tom Silverstein about that piece earlier today. You can hear from him next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Get those playoff tickets now. Games Friday, Saturday, affordable family fun. Check them out, milwaukeeadmirals.com. 
Lakeland.com as we broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. That's lakeland.edu slash get started. See Sparky Fiverr with you, AR Adam Roberts, executive producer. I want you to hear Tom Silverstein from earlier today wrote a great piece on the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Green Bay Press Gazette. You know, they're owned by the same company now, so it's pretty much the same stuff on both websites um, as far as sports go. So we read some of the piece earlier uh, from Tom talking about, you know, when the Packers won their last Super Bowl, they were number one in scoring defense. When the Packers won the Super Bowl before that, they were number one in scoring defense. And that is what leads. Uh, you know, Goody to continue to draft defensive players and trying to get to that point as far as being a better scoring defense uh, at the end of the day. And within that piece, he points out that, you know, Matt LaFleur has flat out said, look, we have to run the ball 40 times to win. We will. We have to throw the ball 40 times to win. We will. Uh, And Tom's question within the piece is, is Aaron Rodgers going to be willing to accept this at the end of the day? And when we had Tom on, the question was leading up to him when I was screaming my head off, uh, on the show was, do you think the Packers can win a Super Bowl relying on the defense more than on Aaron Rodgers? And I, I said no because they should have won the last two uh, playoff games that they've played in. That the defense didn't allow a single touchdown to that Niners offense, and they lost. Uh, and that defense had three picks of Brady, and they lost. Um, so at this point, why should I believe that they're going to be able to win relying even more on the defense? Uh, than when Aaron Rodgers had his chance the last two times. And I asked Tom Silverstein the exact same thing. Do you think the Packers can win a Super Bowl relying on the defense more than on Aaron Rodgers? He joined us on the Wendy's Big Show, Gary Ellerson, Leroy Butler, and myself. Um, well, yeah, I think, I think I'm bordering on no. But a lot of it kind of depends. Uh, I, I kind of think that if he could somehow take on the, uh, you know, sort of attitude that uh, John Elway had to do at the end of his career and Brady did with, with the Buccaneers and Matthew Stafford did last year. You said being a game manager? Yeah. Well, not a game manager, but oh, don't you, be as risky. When your team needs you to, to make a play, play out of your mind. Mm, you know, there's yeah. going to be days when they need you to play out of your mind. That's when you do it. But right. you don't have to do it every game. You don't have to try to do it every game. Right. Right. And there's times where maybe not changing a run to a pass is needed, and. I think somehow he's got to get that in his head that that's the way they're going to win a Super Bowl. He's used to carrying them or trying to carry them. And I think he's, if their defense and special teams are as good as I think they, they're going to be, then maybe he's got to change his mindset. No, that's a great point, Tom. And, um, and it, it is going to come from him. Like, i.e., uh, maybe we hit Lazard, right, coming across the middle instead of trying to force it to, to Devontae, although Devontae's not there anymore. But if he were to have that favorite guy, he's not forced to kind of make those decisions. Maybe he can be a little bit more relaxed and say, I can take the underneath guy. I don't have to have it all. And but and if it, if it doesn't happen, I still can rely on my defense to, to help me. I, I Yeah, I, I agree with you both ways. It's, it's got to be a little bit of Rodgers. But most certainly, 
I still feel like there were two plays, Tom, where uh, Debo Samuels was at like third down or whatever. They give it to him. They get the first down. I think they can make that play. Right. I think defense, they get, get to make that play. I can go back to, I believe it was at Chris Godwin against Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. I think they give him a play, an end-around play that seals the game. Defensively, I think yeah. maybe just saying Quay Walker would be my guy that makes both of those plays because now you're you're faster kind of at that linebacker spot to kind of help them make those plays. So some of those things come to my mind. You remember, what what was that? Now, it wasn't Shannon Sullivan. Who dropped the pass against Tampa Bay? Redman. Uh, Redman drops the pass. I think that could have helped them score a little bit more. And then you had to play with Kevin King before halftime. Maybe if that's yeah. Jair, maybe if that's Rasul, maybe if that's Stokes, you don't have King. I think some of those plays defensively changes the outlook of games. It also changes the way Aaron Rodgers thinks, too. Am I wrong you know here? What, you know what play sticks in my head uh, the most, when, especially when I was writing this, was mm-hmm. um, when they were down inside the 10 against Tampa Bay, and Rodgers just pulled out of – there was a run call, and yeah. he threw it to Lazard, who was mm-hmm. blocking. Mm. You know, he, he just – he tried to outsmart everybody and make this spectacular play when give it – you know, if you've got a really good defense, you give it, you run it. If you don't score a touchdown, you kick the field goal, and you rely on your defense. But he – you know, he, he – they probably would have scored if he had handed it off. If you look at that play, and instead, mm-hmm. you know, he just went rogue and threw it to Lazard, who had no idea it was coming. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Sure, uh, you got to follow up, Gary. Or... No, agreed. I agree okay. with that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I think people think we're uh, uh, people out there trying to give Rogers a pass. No, no, no. No one's giving him a no. pass. Not at all. Hey, but my my question is this: Now, going into the draft time, I really wanted Gutekunst to do. I didn't want him to spend two first round picks or a first round pick on a receiver because it's a lot of pressure. The history shows in the second round that's where all your great players have come. So with Christian Watson, here's another kid, I think, um, that could be a great player, but we don't really know how these guys are going to turn out. But it's just he got all the measurables. And he has a 30-wonder league. I mean, think about it. I remember his dad being a smart guy too, but that's pretty good. My question is, when they made that (laughs) trade to move up to get him, giving up the two first-round picks, were you surprised? And tell me what you were thinking when you heard, okay, it's been a trade by the Packers, what were you thinking? Was it a particular person or position? Or you thinking, okay, this is what Gutekus always does? I mean, what were you thinking after that? Yeah, so I had, um, you know, I had the draft value chart in front of me, and so yeah. I had figured out every what they'd have to give for every single pick ahead of their number 52. Yeah. And so I looked at, okay, what if they want to get to the top of the round? Well, then they got to give both their second round picks. And then 34, it was a little less than that, but they would have had to give up the third. And I was like, boy, that's a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I'd want to even give up my third at that point. And then, you know, of course, then they traded it and I figured, okay, well, they're going for a receiver. They have to. And I just didn't know what, 
how they valued. I kind of assumed it was it was going to be Watson, but I, I didn't know that for sure. It could have been Sky Moore. I I, yeah, yeah. I was kind of convinced they might take him. I, you know, he had to get a receiver out of there. He had mm-hmm. some extra capital. He was ready to trade into the first round for Watson if Devontae Wyatt hadn't fallen to him. And to me, that was the best move he made, was he waited and he saw that Devontae Wyatt was going to drop, and he stayed there and, and took him. And he could have taken Watson there. Yeah, and here's the so, thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your point. No, no, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, so I, I thought that was smart. He was patient there. See, based on Gary's chart, because Gary got all these charts y'all got. I mean, I don't go by that stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it's a bunch of guesswork to me. But, hey, listen, these first three picks, Tom, now we got we got to get the cliff notes because I'm trying to win a championship in in three years because I'm assuming that's when Rodgers is going to be here, and and I think we may ask you about Jordan Love being traded later. But in three years you're going to win a championship. So get guys who are ready. So the first three picks. Now Christian Watson, you may not understand this, but this guy played in big games, championship games, like three or four of them. And not to mention, he averaged 20 yards a catch. So there's the NVS, deep threat, and all that. But the first two guys, these guys are ready to play. So I'm thinking in mind that I think they're still on the fast track to win the Super Bowl, and I think their special teams will be a lot better too. But what do you think about the experience of these guys? I know two from Georgia, now three with Stokes. But these guys are all ready to go. Yeah, you know, I would have just kept picking – uh, defensive guys from Georgia until there were none left. <laughs> <laughs> that defense is so good. Yeah, Gary and, told me that two years ago. Yeah, yeah. But that's awesome. And think of how many big games. They, it's like taking guys from Alabama. You know, you know they're ready to play. They've played in every big game. Georgia, their defense is just amazing, the athletes they have on there. And then just, you know, good players. Now, um, you know, Christian Watson, I had a lot of reservations about, but the one thing that did stand out is that he went to the senior ball and he had a really good week at the senior ball. I think if he doesn't have that good week, then there's a lot of questions about whether he can match up with the best talent, you know, in college football, but he went in there and he, he, he had a great week. And I think that probably changed the Packers' mind, maybe, um, on him. So I, I agree. I think Watson, I think wide receiver's really hard position to dominate as a rookie. I mean, how many guys have really come in? Jamar Chase had a great year. Justin Jefferson was really good his first year. But think of all those other guys, like Jerry Judy. He didn't do anything. And he was like the top, wasn't he the top receiver taken? Um you know, there's up. Jalen Waddle was good, mm. but you know he wasn't dominant. So it, it's hard to. Um, I, I think that's why it was smart not to go get Garrett Wilson because I'm not sure that he was as good as Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. And so why spend all that capital to move up that far? 
No doubt. There he is, Tom Silverstein from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Green Bay Press, because that great piece uh, written uh, for today's Milwaukee Journal Sentinel on their website. Go check it out if you haven't already. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Silverstein. Coming up next, Rami Makhlouf has just strolled into the studios. We'll find out what's coming up on his show uh, at 3 o'clock. If you missed anything on the Wendy's Big Show, let me tell you who we had on. Tom Silverstein, Lomas Brown, former Lions offensive lineman and Super Bowl champion, Dave Wonstadt, Fox and Big Ten Network analyst, former NFL head coach, coach of the Bears back in the day. Tim Dillard uh, was on as well on the Wendy's Big Show. He's on every Tuesday uh, on the Big Show talking about the Brewers Unfiltered podcast that they just, uh, I believe, recorded today. So that'll be out here the next day or so. Had a chance to sit down and talk with David Stearns, him, Adam McKelvey, and Brad Ford. And then Sean Grandy, Boston Celtics play-by-play announcer, joined us in the last half hour of the show. So you missed any of that, hit rewind on that Odyssey app or simply go to BigShowNetwork.com for all of that. Rami Makhlouf, Next, here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fancy Sparky Fiverr AR Adam Roberts, new owner of a dog. New dad. Uh, so you, you you got a dog now, AR? Well, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I say that because, yeah, I am very excited. Uh, the wow. dog's name, at least at the moment. So here, hold on, hold on. So let, let me just point this out. So if your girl would have texted you and said, hey, I got a dog, or hey, I'm pregnant, would it be the same reaction, or would the reaction have been different? Well, if she had texted me that she was pregnant, that would be an enormous shock to me. Right. Uh, so it would be reasons. different. Yes, it would be a little bit All different. Right. Good. All right, That'd go ahead. Terrifying. Yeah. The dog's name. Would you stop with your terrifying crap, Ronnie? Well, okay, after ahead. your conversation yesterday, both of you guys, and yeah. specifically you, mm-hmm. Rami, I was thinking, because we've kind of been working on this for a little bit. In fact, Sparky, I mentioned to you like a month ago, my little quote unquote fur babies right. comment on the big show. You're going to get a dog, right? So it's been rolling for a little bit, but after you made your comment about off leash dogs in the park, yeah. that got me thinking, okay, so I'm going to want a dog that I can control and like train to See? be well-behaved. See? See, you're helping people. Well, yes. the dog's name is Loki. Oh, so I right off it. the bat, we got a love name it. of a dog that is just chaos in a little fur box. Fur body, so what uh, kind but, of dog is it? Uh, it looks like to be a mixture of an. Now I haven't even seen the dog because well, you she, got a picture, right? Uh, it looks like an uh, like a corgi mix, which you remember I yes. was wanting a corgi, so this is good. Uh, but yeah, I haven't met her. She's over at the Humane Society on Wisconsin Avenue right now. Um, hopefully Sam gets here so I can get out of here and right. go meet the little guy. Um, but it's like it's a baby. Yeah, it's like a y- y'all, y'all dog owners, man. You you. I mean, the those of you that are really good dog owners, I shouldn't say all those. Those those are you really good dog owners that treat your dogs like they're children. Yeah, y'all got respect. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Cause I mean, he's excited like it's a kid. Yeah, I mean, he he's genuinely super happy, like Roberts smiling family. ear to ear. Well, I, he was supposed to go to the Brewer game tonight. Not yep, that's anymore. not happening anymore. Small sacrifice. Well, they're Small playing the Reds, so yeah. yeah I, I had one on. of those uh, free ticket voucher things too right. from the home finale last year. So yep. this isn't like. It's not like I spent $50 on tickets and now right. like, well, <clears throat> totally worth it. Yeah. That's all right, though. Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. That's man. awesome. That's it's going to be a very, like you said in the break, a very interesting, fun night. Yeah, trying to potty train is just the worst. The worst trying to potty train. Well, see, the other good thing about not this, and I mentioned house. in the break, is that his adoption fee was sponsored. Yeah, so I got so four bucks. Four dollars. And apparently, Dovey says that uh, the car is filled with toys and like a bed. So whoever was the generous donor out there, Thank you very much. Yeah, and the that's potty awesome. training, 
the good thing about adopting is, and I don't know if that's the case with Loki, but a lot of these dogs they're potty trained when you get them because they're right. they're doing the training at at the shelters and at the two years. while they're looking for a home for them. Yeah, and my Loki's do- my dog two years was, old. My dog was totally potty trained when I got him. Really? Yeah, he he required almost so new, no training whatsoever, potty so or otherwise. New surroundings, dog doesn't freak out and pee or I mean, whatever. He, he might pee in a few spots just to let you know. You know, this that is my, he's there. This is my place now. This, this, this is my territory. This, that's what this, it is. This is Loki's place. Right. That's where he's about to tell AR. But nothing, I mean, it wasn't like we had to teach him from scratch, like you go outside to do your business. No, We knew. had to teach him? Yeah. I lived with my parents at the time. Oh, that's right. Oh, God, you've had that dog that long. Yeah. How old is that dog now? He's uh, 11. Dang. I know. I remember when you got that dog. He's still a psycho. I love it. Yeah, it's good. All right, good. what's coming up on your show? Coming up on the Rami Show today, we'll obviously be talking some Bucks playoff basketball, getting ready for game two tonight. Sparky, this is a Sparkyism. Are they playing with house money tonight, Spark? And can they win this game the same way that they won game one? No. No, no and no? No, uh, no and no, probably no. Really? No. Okay. I, I don't. I definitely don't think it's house money. I mean, I know where you're going because you've got a game on the road. So now the road. it's back to Bucks, home court advantage, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm interested to in seeing what Boston does and then what Bud does within the game. This is very un-Bud-like that they want a first game of a series uh, against a good team. So I, I want to see what the adjustment is. Is there adjustment or is it them just saying, we're going to shoot better. We're going to do the same thing we were doing, but we're going to make more shots. And uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you better take more than one mid-range jumper between the two of you, unlike last game. And when we have open threes, hopefully we hit them at a better clip than we did last game. But But again, if I'm Bud... Go ahead, shoot 53s. If we lose because of it, okay. But I, I don't think you're going to hit enough in order to beat us taking 50 shots from three. The other part of this is, from the Bucks' perspective, they may shoot better from three than they did last game. I mean, they weren't exactly hitting either. So from, from that perspective, they're going to get their shots. Now, we had Sean Grandy on earlier in talking about Marcus Smart and then Jalen Brown coming off the hamstring. These guys are are banged up as well. Mm-hmm. If, if Marcus Smart... You know, either doesn't play the whole game, can't play as many minutes, or whatever the case may be. Uh, that's advantage Bucks too, because then I don't know how they're going to stop Drew Holiday from getting to the rim, because they don't have that guy on the back end consistently that they can rely on like the Bucks can with Brook Lopez and Giannis. So we'll talk about that. How good do uh, Packers fans expect this defense to be? In 2022, with all these first round picks that they got, talk about that in the three o'clock hour. In the four o'clock hour, I've been wondering this for a minute, Sparky. And I, I did a little You're going to talk to Bart about this? Uh, what what I'm about to tell you in the 4 o'clock Don't hour? you have Bart yeah, on Bart usually? Bart will be on at 4.30. But oh, so before Bart. Yes, before okay. Bart. What do you what do you think the Brewers should do about Josh Hader long term? Trade him. You think they should trade him? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's one of the options. That's our Kim and the Boy judgment of the day. Yeah, trade him for sure. Um, but. God, is he dominant, it's, man. It's, it's going to be trade him at the deadline, trade him in the offseason, or trade him at next year's deadline. Right. I think it's going to be trading in the offseason. I think that's how so this is So you would trade go. him? Absolutely. Okay. All right. No hesitation whatsoever. So we'll talk about that. I'm not like wasting. Said, I'm not. I'm not, I shouldn't say waste, but I'm not spending all that money on a closer when I've got two starters. i got to figure out how to pay one of them. Okay. Yeah, to, to me, if I'm going to spend a bunch of money on a pitcher, it's going to be a starter. It's not going to be a reliever. I I see yeah. where you're coming from. I'll, I'll give yeah. you my answer. If you've got o'clock. enough young pitching coming in the system, then you can convert one of them one of those starters or whatever the case may be, into a closer when you need to get to that point. And then uh, Bart's here at 4.30, Frank Madden at 5.30. He's going to be locked on Bucks podcast, so we'll uh, circle back around to the Bucks before we wrap things up. Yeah, very good.
Very, very good. Fun show. All right, he is Rami Makhlouf. He is coming is this weather up getting next? to you? You know I'm the last person to let the weather get you to you. You complain about it more this year than the, I ever remember I, you complaining I, about it. I, it's really, it's really, a, it's excessive at this point, isn't it? Like, it drags you down. I don't See, rem- he's the mouthpiece for complaining about the weather so that I don't have to, like, double on top of it, because I'd be doing it, too. But he's saying everything that I would say I'm anyway. Last, and I'm the last, you know me, Sparky. I'm the last person to complain about the weather. You always tell me to shut up. Right. Yeah. This is This is brutal, dude. This is really brutal. You wanted to say something else. It's going to take everything I got in this afternoon to have three hours of energy so, for a radio show. So, again, like I was telling Leroy in a break, yeah. like Monday we're supposed to be in the 60s, Tuesday mid-70s. Ooh. So just get through the weekend. And 50, the weekend's supposed to be the 50s. Um, so you know, just get through the weekend. I'm going to leave. And we get nice to Monday and together. Tuesday, we're good. Okay. Yeah, you're leaving. Yeah. Oh, that's right. When yeah. do you leave? Friday. Huh. Yeah, good. Don't come back then. Because, I mean, it's supposed to be in the mid-70s on Tuesday. If you come back, when do you fly I back? back? I come back Tuesday. Yeah, I swear to God. If the temperatures drop to the 30s Tuesday night, get your ass back on the plane and leave. We'll figure out the show after that. Robbie Magalov is up next. Have a good one. Toodles! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.